0: Join me right now on Kumite TV is UFC featherweight prospect Julio Arce. What's going on, Julio?
1: What's up, man? How you doing?
0: Good, 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 man. Uh, Now, let's first get into your teammate, Shane Burgos. He went out to Ottawa and outclassed Cub Swanson. Huge win, probably the biggest win of his career. What did you think of his performance, and how was the gym's atmosphere when he got back?
1: Oh my God, it's 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 electric. You know, just how proud I am of that, you know, of him because, you know, like I'm there every day in the gym with him and you know, we're sweating, we're putting in work and he worked his ass off and it showed in that fight. Stayed composed, outstruck him, looked so smooth, so calm and collected, like like it was just like another just another day in the gym for him and he just looked amazing and everyone was just it's like you feel you feel the like you're like the electricity, like the energy. Everyone's just like so, just like the morale just got super high. It was amazing.
0: Yeah, do you feed off that a lot? You know, from your teammates going out and you know getting these big wins.
1: Yeah, because I'm I'm in the gym every day with them, and they're trying to strangle me or trying to you know <laughs> hit me or kick me, all that. We're doing rounds, so it's like you know that sometimes what they're delivering on me, you know, then they do it on their opponent. So I'm like, yes, yes. <laughs> That's what you hit me with.
0: <laughs> it's almost like it's a piece of you out there, you know, performing yeah. with them, right?
1: Yeah, you know, it's like when, even though he's, you know, it's one person in that cage, he's going in, you know, we're all in there no matter what. We're all just, you know, like one one big family. So we're all in there with him as he's fighting.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that family you have, the team that you guys have built at Tiger Shulman. It has been incredible. How is it training day in and day out with those killers at the highest level?
1: No, oh, man, it's, all, it's always just, you know, it's always an exciting time because, you know, you get in there, we're putting in work, and either somebody's like, you know, we have uh, our coach, Tiger showman's showing us some stuff or you know, we have somebody, you know, we have a couple of, you know, great jiu guys in there, and, you know, everyone's just, like, so diverse. So, you know, we're always trying to learn as much as we can, and they're either showing some new moves or working some technique, and it's just like we're always there. We're always there grinding. So even if we don't have fights, you know, we're there to help somebody else get ready for their fight, whether it's an amateur fight, pro fight, doesn't matter. So we're always there just putting in work. And it's always just a lot of fun because we always, you know, when it's non-training, when we're kind of like not in camp, we kind of got to get to mess around a little bit and, you know, play a little bit more. So we really have fun just kind of trying to outdo each other. But – then, when it's like fight camp, I mean, we're all just like there, just pulling the sweat, putting in the work. So, it's always exciting in there.
0: The general of your team, Taigo Schulman, how much of an impact has he had on your overall MMA game and in life in general?
1: Uh, it's, well, I've been, I've started with them. I've been with them for 17 years. So, I started as a, you know, fat, chubby kid. I wasn't really looking into. Fighting. I was just looking to, you know, to accomplish some personal goals for myself as a, you know, overweight 13-year-old. So now, you know, years later, then my coaches, you know, Tiger showmans and, you know, my instructors, everybody just, you know, they saw the potential in me. And, you know, from there on, you know, now I started my amateur career when I turned 18. And then from there went pro. Then, you know, now here I am. And here we all are because all of us started pretty much at the same time in the amateur level all competing in the same circuit and then now you know we're at the highest level. So it's amazing.
0: You guys basically have uh like a short Netflix special you guys could put together on all the fighters on your team.
1: Pretty much. It's it's insane. Everyone has their own story, but it's amazing because like how we all just came together and now we're at the highest level. You know, you got you know, you got Jimmy Rivera who's you know at he's five or fourth in the world You got Lyman good. You got Shane, who's now top 10. You got Mike Trezano who's up there. You know, I myself, I, you know, I was there. I, you know, I made it to that level. We have, you know, former UFC fighters, you know, Nick Pace, Louis Gaudino. And, you know, we, we're coming up, we're coming up. So it's, it's great to see, you know, when a lot of people were kind of doubting Tiger Showmans. Now look where we are, you know, we're at the highest level.
0: Let's get into your uh, recent fight, UFC 230. It was a bloodbath. Very entertaining for the fans. Take me through that fight and explain how you saw it.
1: Well, you know, one, I I left a clone of myself in that cage. So it was pretty crazy. You know, it's all from a tiny little cut, like a little elbow that he hit me with, like right here. But other than that, you know, like the fight could have gone either way. You know, we both left it out there. I think, you know, maybe, maybe the judges saw it more shaman's way because he dropped me twice and there was a lot of blood but i know like towards around towards the last couple of rounds i started coming back so there was no there was no really no loser in that fight it was just like we both left it out there and whoever ended up getting it i, I was fine with that because i i gave it all, i gave it everything i had plus you know like I, said, I left a part of myself in that cage so it was it's a learning experience i g- gained a lot from it and now it's just moving forward
0: when you look at that fight, it was a split decision, so it meant it was very close, and everybody thought it was close, but one of the judges gave it 30-26, you know, and I thought that was crazy. What was going through your mind
1: when you heard that? You know, like, I, I sometimes I just don't know what these judges, they. it's like, they have, look look at, look, at, look at Shane's fight, somebody put it 30-27 for cup, I'm like, and you even see it on Shane's face, he's like, what? It's like, Really? It's like, you know, some of these guys don't know what they're looking at and then, you know, we're out there trying to lay it all out on the line and they, they give you a score like that. So it kinda screws you over because then you don't really know. You you could have dominated the entire fight and then all of a sudden it's like, wait, well how did this guy get around? That could have been that you could have just gotten completely screwed out of a decision. So I don't know what these judges, man. It's like they'll eventually hopefully they'll they'll get it together. So and have better scoring, but what can you do? Hopefully, hopefully. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, you mentioned that this fight, you left it all in the cage. Even though it's a loss on paper, do you think it adds more to your confidence and kind of continues the momentum that you have built with the first two fights in the UFC?
1: Yeah, I mean, look, it's, Shaman hit me with like two blistering right hands that they put me on my back. And I think at any point I could have just been like, you know what, forget it, I'm bloody, this dude just hitting me hard, and I could. I was like, forget that, and I'm like, you're gonna have to hit me with the kitchen sink to put me away right now, it's like, I'm gonna keep coming, like, I'm gonna keep fighting all the way till the end, like, I'm gonna make sure it's like, you just, you, you gotta hit me with everything, it's pretty much like, you know, do or die now, it's like, let's go, so... It was a very, very intense fight, and it was just a great learning experience because I learned a lot about you know myself, uh, the things that I can fix and I can adjust. So, you know, like, I think this, this, fight, this fight did me a lot because it also gained a lot of, I think it put a lot of eyes on me because people, I, it showed people what I was capable of. You know, I didn't just fall down and just, that's it. It was like, I just got up and kept going. I found a way, I was trying to find a way to win, even when, you know, this car, the cards were stacked against me.
0: That fight was last November. What did you get into before you got this next
1: fight signed? Um, For me, you know, like I was just, the moment I healed up after that last fight, I just went back to the training room because I had a bunch of my teammates getting ready for fights, some of the amateurs getting ready for fights. And I was just back in the gym, and I was actually trying to get some fights uh, before that. I was trying to get on the Florida card, but then that didn't go through. And then I would have fought in Ottawa with my teammate Chain, but I think that fell through as well, like, in a day. So, in a way, I was just trying to stay in shape and stay ready because, I'll, you know, like, I just want to get back in there. I just wanted you know, I didn't want to be on the shelf for too long. So I was just looking, get another opponent, let's get back in there, let's get back on track and keep going. You know, it took a little longer, but you look, now I have an opponent, and I'm fighting with uh, my teammate Mike Trezano on May 18th, so I can't wait for that.
0: Yeah, it seems like the UFC they don't want you to fight outside of New York, <laughs> you know. It's kinda of funny, right? I don't mind.
1: I don't <laughs> mind. I don't mind. So drive away. Look, at the when we when I fought at the Garden, I was only a train right away from home. I could sleep in my in my apartment and then just come back and fight. So I don't That's mind. Nice. Pretty fine with me. <laughs> well,
0: speaking of, you know, fighting, your next fight, UFC Rochester, your opponent is Julian Erosa. What are your thoughts on him?
1: Well, look, he, he's a bend game. He wasn't the ultimate fighter. He's got a lot of fights under his belt, but you know, like it's it's go time. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be a fight. I know he's a taller fighter, and but you know, we're the first fight. I think we're the first fight on the card. It's gonna be a banger. I can't wait. You know, look, I know he's gonna be bringing his all. I'm gonna be bringing my all. We're gonna make an exciting night, and that's it. And I'm looking to just walk away with my hand raising victory and get back on track.
0: Yeah, you mentioned he is a tall guy, over six feet tall. A lot of the commentators or, who, you know, the pundits or whatever, they're going to be like, oh, you know, they're going to focus on that, right? They're going to focus on he's got the longer reach, he's got to utilize that, all that stuff. But what yeah. do you think are the disadvantages to being such a tall, long fighter?
1: Um, you know what? It's like I I notice he, he, he kind of sometimes drops his hands, but, I'm you know, like anything, anybody can adjust things throughout their camp. There's uh, a couple of things that I see. I'm guessing with a taller fighter, when somebody gets that close – it's being able to fight on the inside, right? I don't know. Maybe he's more susceptible to takedowns. I saw in his last fight with Grant Dawson that he, you know, Dawson kept taking him down. So you know, maybe the stuff that he's probably adjusted. But I got to be ready to deal with every aspect of it—from being long distance to being close range to being on the ground to clinching up with them, whatever it is. It's like, you know, I I just prepared for it every scene, every scene that he can give me right now, and I can't wait to just get in there and just. Leave a lot in that cage again.
0: Throughout the handful of fights in the UFC, has there been anything new you have implemented into your training to take you to the next level?
1: Yeah, actually, you know, we actually have a, a couple teammates that uh, that you know have been training. We have uh, two like really world class, you know, jujitsu ju- jujitsu champions, and uh, you know they come and train with us, and they, you know we we kind of they. They're working their striking because they want to really go into the, the MMA game. And, you know, like, so we'll roll with them. And they helped improve our jiu-jitsu dramatically. It's uh, one of our guys, is we call him, his name is Munch. His, his, his front, first name is Mancher. So we always, we call him Munch. But he's like, he started, he's in the amateurs now. He's doing kickboxing because his jujitsu game is already at a high level. So he's building a striking game with us. And then when he goes pro, I mean, he's going to be a, a monster to watch out for and then uh you know he brings uh he brings his teammate uh dylan danis sometimes comes in and trains with us and then we also have uh this 185 who's a ridiculous wrestler uh, phil Hawes, who he's fighting at the madison square garden in bellator and you know he's a ridiculous wrestler ridiculously strong breaking sharp he actually just fought at the garden in in, in a kickboxing fight and, stopped his guy with low kicks, just low kicks, low kick the crap out of him. It's ridiculous. But, uh, you know, we keep building. Our team keeps building. You know, we keep getting better and better and better, and we're taking ourselves to that next level. So, you know, we are, sometimes our coach, Tiger, brings people from the outside to come spar with us, come and wrestle with us, come, come, come and do jiu-jitsu with us. And, you know, we're really getting just training from the outside, you know, from within our team, and it's – we're all stepping it up a lot. We also have uh, this uh, – we have this thing called Counter-Strike MMA, which is, uh, his, his name is uh, Dr. Frank Benedetto, and he's been teaching us also just, besides training this hard, uh, injury prevention. So then, you know, we're training this hard, and sometimes, you know, we're susceptible to injuries. How to just stay injury-free, right? So then throughout the training camp, you're healthy, you're good to go. So he's been a real help, you know, so a lot of strength and conditioning. You know, we have uh, one of my coaches, Coach uh, Asia Campbell, she's, Putting me through strength training, so it's been you know it's been the team has been building and it's been it's been amazing it's been great.
0: You mentioned Dylan Dennis when he comes into the gym and you see him like do his thing online, is he the same or is, he kind of knows how to separate that, right?
1: Yeah, he, he's a freaking cool dude. You know, he's 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 a chill guy. I think you know like, of course, look, he gets his name out, people talk about him, but you know like, look, he, we've been we we've, we've trained, he comes and rolls with us. Dude is so cool. Dude, man, it's super chill. But, you know, look, every like, if you want to get your name out there, that's, you know, people have to put a certain persona. So, hey, look, you got his name out there, and people know him. People talk about him. His jiu-jitsu is ridiculous. and But I, I love training with him. He comes in, you roll, and he, you know, learn a lot from him. Learn a lot from Munch, too, because they're both teammates. So, you know, they help improve our jujitsu, and then we help them improve their striking level so it's like we're all helping each other just improve and just taking it to the next level
0: this is going to be your first fight of 2019 how many more fights do you see yourself you know fighting and where do you see yourself at the end of the year
1: hopefully you know like i'm seeing myself fighting at least two more times get like three fights during the year maybe a fourth one i don't know you know depending on the outcome of the fights and uh, i'm looking to uh, you know break into the top 15. You know, and really just, I just want to put in work. And there's a lot of, you know, like the featherweight division is stacked and there's a lot of, you know, a lot of monsters in that in that <laughs> division. So it's like, you know, if I can get a fight and then keep it going, that'd be great. I just don't want to have a, you know, be on the shelf for, for X amount of time.
0: All right. One last thing before I let you go. Music is sports. They go together. Could you kind of give us a peek into your playlist, you know, during training camp? Well, you know, I don't. I'm not the
1: DJ when we are in training. We have uh, my teammate uh, Jimmy Rivera usually controls the DJ. We listen to some old country road music. We listen to some rap. We listen to some rock. It's always a different mix. You don't know what to expect. Sometimes, sometimes that might be some in sync playing. Who knows? All I know <laughs> is like he controls that playlist. He puts a good playlist, and we just we're just there to put in work and just have a good time.
0: All right, man. May 18th, UFC on ESPN Plus 10, Rochester, New York. Thank you, Julio, for your time, and uh, good luck to you, sir. Thank you,
1: man. Thank you very much. Take care, man. Thank you for having me.